I know that most of you know this, but a couple of weeks ago we began looking at the book of James, and in doing so, I explained to us that this letter was written to fellow believers that had been scattered throughout the land. Um, James was writing to those Jews who had placed their trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And as he makes his way into the opening thoughts of this particular letter, we've watched as uh, as he wrote of how those times, those seasons of having our faith tested is going to take place. And he did, and he explained that that happens so that our faith can grow, so that we can become more mature in our walk with the Lord. And he said that it's in those moments that we need to find joy, that we need to be glad that this is happening. Not that we enjoy the, the testing of our faith, but that we find joy in the fact that God is trying to grow our faith. And so two weeks ago, I tried to remind us that as best we can, with God's help, we need to find joy in the process of our spiritual growth and our spiritual development. Then last week we looked as James continued in that vein of thought or in that line of, of, of logic, so to speak. We watched as he said that in these times of our faith being tested, whenever you and I lack wisdom, whenever anyone lacks wisdom, if they will ask of God, God will give them that wisdom. He will give it to them liberally and he will never scorn them for it. And so I tried to remind us that that uh, you and I are going to be in situations in our lives where we don't know what to do, we don't know what direction to take, and all we have to do in order to get the direction that we desire is go to the Lord and ask Him for it. He'll give us the direction we need, but we must ask in faith. We must have confidence that God will do what He said He's going to do because James explained, if, if you don't go in faith, then we will not receive anything of the Lord by way of that wisdom or direction. And that can be the struggle in our hearts sometimes, can it not? We, we go to God in prayer and we trust him in that moment to give us the direction and the insight that we need. And then if we're not careful, we get up and we continue worrying, we continue doubting, we continue struggling with our emotions. And if we don't trust God to do what he has said he is going to do, then God will not do what he has said that he would do. We must exercise faith in the midst of our testing so that we might have the wisdom that we desire in the midst of that time. And so that's what we've dealt with the first couple of weeks, and now this morning we're going to move on. I want to begin this morning's message by talking about something that I know I've mentioned in the past. I apologize for the repetition, but not for the principle that it will illustrate to us this morning. But I want us to think about this, this, this thought, this truth, this, this reality that is present for most of us, and that is this, is that most of us have a tendency to forget things. Would you agree? Most of us have a tendency to forget things. Well, what do we tend to forget? Well, sometimes we forget where we're supposed to be. Have you ever forgotten that? You know, you were supposed to be here and you weren't there and somebody calls and says, hey, where are you? And you, you remember in that moment, oh man, that's where I was supposed to be and I'm not there. Sometimes we forget not where we're supposed to be, but when we're supposed to be there. Somebody calls you and says, hey, I've been here. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm on my way. Well, yeah, you were supposed to have been here 30 minutes ago. Really? Yeah, really. We've forgotten those types of things, I think, over the course of our lives. I think a lot of us have forgotten at some point in our lives what we have committed to. I said that? Yeah, you said that. When, when did I say that? Well, you said that while you were in the midst of doing something else. Man, I don't remember that. 
Now, now there are lots of examples I could give, could I not, of things that we have a tendency to forget. You know, you don't want to forget a birthday. You sure don't want to forget certain anniversaries or certain other events in life. Uh, You've only got to forget them once or twice, and, and you remember them forever after that. I'm just saying we have a tendency to forget things. And so what do every one of us need from time to time? Well, we need reminders. We need reminders so as to avoid forgetting things, not remembering things that are important to us. And and so we'll do all different sorts of things to give us the reminders that we need so as not to forget certain things that we would suggest are important to us. And, And I don't know about you, I'll just speak for myself this morning in relation to this, I don't always like the reminder, but I'm appreciative of the reminder because it helps me do what I'm supposed to be doing. So all I'm saying is, is I don't always like my alarm on my phone going off saying, hey, it's time to get up and it's time to go do and it's time to take care of this. I don't always like it, but I appreciate the purpose that it serves in helping me do what needs to be done. So that in mind, this morning I want us to to begin looking in verse number 9. In verse number 9, as we look at this verse, let's keep in mind that the context is still dealing with the the trying of our faith, the testing of our faith, or the testing of a believer's faith. And and as we keep that context in mind, I want us to notice in verse number 9 that he says, let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. Now, I'm not going to spend a long time on verse number 9 this morning for reasons that will make a little bit more sense in a few moments, I hope. But I want us to notice that in verse number 9, that whenever he speaks of a brother of low degree, that he is speaking to someone who would be without. He is speaking to someone who might be destitute, someone who is living maybe at that, that poverty level or maybe even below that. He is talking to someone who is living in the simplest, simplest of manners, maybe even struggling to survive. In the midst of that, here is what he says, let that brother or let that individual of low degree in this low, low, low social estate of life, he said, let them rejoice in that he is exalted. Well, what does it mean to rejoice? Well, it's not just the idea of being glad or being happy or being excited about something, but it also means this, it means to glory in something. It means to really rejoice or to celebrate something being so. And so as James is writing to these brethren who would be of a low degree or someone who is not high on the social ladder of life, he said, here's what you need to do. You need to rejoice and you need to be glad and you need to celebrate and glory in that you are exalted. Well, what does it mean? Well, the commentators suggest, and this seems to make sense, that what James is trying to do is he is trying to remind them of their need to celebrate who they are in Christ and the fact that it does not matter that in this world they may be of a low social standing. They needed to be reminded of who they were in Christ. Because it is easy sometimes for people to forget who they are in Christ. 
They may look at their circumstances. They may look at their situation. They may look at their standing in life. They may look at their status in life, and they may say, man, I I just don't measure up. I just don't compare to this individual. I, I just don't have as much as these people do. And it's easy for people to forget who they are in Christ. And so as James is writing to believers who would have been of a low estate or of low degree, he is saying you need to rejoice in who you are in Christ. So you may not have the wealth, you may not have the possessions, you may not have the things this world has to offer, you still have something to rejoice in. Don't you forget it. All right. So we read that and we hear that and we understand that. And some of us might even think for a moment that we identify with that. That we would say of ourselves that we are of a low degree. That you and I, that we are of people on the lower end of the social scale of life. And that may be what we think, but this morning I want to remind us that what we may think is not always reality. You understand this? You and I may look at ourselves, and from a secular standpoint, you and I may say of ourselves, we are of a low degree, so therefore, okay, I'll let you remind me that that I need to rejoice in who I am in Christ, and I need to glory in that. But I want to remind us this morning that just because we may think we are of a low degree does not mean that in reality we are in or of a low degree. So what in the world are you talking about? Let's just think about a few things and let's just be honest about this. How many of us tonight, or how many of us this morning rather, how many of us this morning could give testimony to something that would sound something like this? Brother Kyle, I just want you to know that last night I did not have a suitable place to sleep. Last night I found myself homeless. Last night I found myself on the streets of Pampa. Last night I found myself sleeping down at the park on a bench. And and last night, I just got to be honest and tell you, Brother Kyle, I was out, I was without shelter and and the, the covering that I needed. How many of us this morning would give testimony to something like that? Well, obviously not one of us would. What did every one of us have last night? Every one of us had shelter, didn't we? I know that our shelter varies by way of size and style and and, and aesthetics, but every one of us had shelter. Well, how many of us this morning would give testimony to this thought, this idea, this, this reality for ourselves, that Brother Kyle, over the course of the last week, there were times I went hungry because I simply did not have the means to find something to eat and to sustain myself. Would that be the testimony of any of us today? Well, I know the answer. The answer is not at all. That's not true of us for even a moment, is it? Every one of us this week have had more than enough to eat. Every one of us this week have eaten every time we've really wanted to. We've been able to stop. We've been able to get something. We've been able to consume something. And not one of us this week has gone hungry against our will. How many of us today, if given the chance to give testimony, would have to say this, Brother Kyle, you are looking at everything I own right now by what I have on my back. 
This is what I own. This is what I possess. This is who I am. Well, we know that to not be the case, right? For us to say something like this, I have nothing to wear, that's an absolute lie. Every one of us have things to wear and every one of us have multiple things to wear. Now, I'm trying to show us something, okay? You and I, what did we have this week? We had suitable shelter over our heads, didn't we? Come on. Every one of us had suitable shelter over our heads this week, didn't we? Every one of us had ample amount of food. Every one of us had plenty of food to partake of, didn't we? We did. And every one of us, we have more than enough clothes to wear Every one of us have gotten more in our closet than any of us really need and more than most of us could really justify. We have shelter, we have food, we have raiment, we have everything that God promised to provide it, to, to provide us and we have it in abundance. You know what we are? We are rich. From, a, from an economic standpoint, we are rich. You say, Brother Kyle, there is no way that I am rich. If you knew what my bank account looked like right now, you would say, Brother Kyle, I am not rich. we got to think about something. We may not be rich in America's standard of wealth, but in the world's economy, in the world's standard of wealth, you know what every one of us are? We are rich. We are amazingly rich. You and I are among the one percenters of this world. Now why do I spend trying why do I spend time trying to to convince us that we are rich? Because if we're not careful, we can then read through certain portions of Scripture and say, well, that one doesn't apply to me, when in reality it does apply to us. Because, see, in verse number 9, he said, Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low. Well, see, you and I could read that and we could say to ourselves, well, we're not rich, so that doesn't have anything to do with us. But no, friends, we are rich. And so as a result, verse number 10 has something to say to you and I. It's not just verse number 9 that we need to get hung up on this morning. No, in verse number 10 of James chapter 1, he said, But the rich, here's what you need to do. You need to rejoice in that you are made low. Well, what does it mean to be made low? It means this, to be brought down or, or to be humbled. So you were up here, you were going along through life, and this is where you were at. You were, you were high, so to speak, and, and now you have been brought low or you have been made low. You've been humbled and, and you've been reminded of some certain things. And here is what James said, you need to rejoice when that happens. You need to glory in this. So what is James saying? Whenever the testings and the trials come into the life of a rich person, which all of us are, and it brings you down just a little bit, 
that is something you need to rejoice and glory in. That's kind of hard to do sometimes, isn't it? Brother Kyle, I'm not rich. No, you're rich. Get over the idea that you're not rich. You are rich. And so when the setbacks of life come for every one of us, listen, it's not just that I need to remember who I am in Christ that would cause me to rejoice or to glory. I also need to rejoice in this, that God is bringing me down a level and God is bringing me down a notch, so to speak. And the question would be, well, why should I rejoice in that? And why should I glory in that? That's just too hard to do. Well, notice what he does in verse number 10. He continues with an illustration. He said, because as the flower of the grass... He shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with the burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Now here's what James is saying in verses 10 and 11 by way of an illustration, by way of a, of a quick mental picture that he has given here. He said, I want you to think about some grass, and I want you to think about some flowers. And here's what he said, The flower and the grass shall pass away, and the sun is no sooner risen with the heat, and it withereth the grass, the flower falleth, and the grace or the beauty of the fashion it perisheth, and this is what happens to man. He said, think about that grass and think about that beautiful flower in the grass. It's not long before the sun rises and the heat begins to consume it and the heat begins to destroy it. And he said, let the rich also rejoice in that he is brought low because like the grass and like the flower, you too shall pass away. In verse 11, he said, So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. What is James saying? James is simply saying this. You know what rich people need to be reminded of? It will not always be beautiful. It's not always going to be fantastic. It's not always going to be lovely. And one day you are going to pass from this life. So the person of a low degree, the person of a low estate, the one who is destitute, the one who is truly poor uh, among all standards, they need to rejoice in who they are in Christ, that they have been exalted. But the rich also need to rejoice in this, that you've been brought down a notch so that you might be reminded that one day you're going to pass from this life one day everything is going to fade, and one day you are going to enter into eternity. Amen. James is reminding his readers of the reality of life because James would have known that people forget it won't always be great. 
This morning I want you to think about something with me for just a couple of moments. Just, just play along and, and, and let's see if this makes sense. How many of us have ever known people, I know that we have, but how many of us have ever known people like this? They're living well, they're doing good, and, and they get into this mindset that life will always be good. When that happens, what generally accompanies that? There generally accompanies an attitude like this, that they begin to take for granted the things that God has provided and made available in their lives. As a result of the goodness, as a result of, of all the bounty that they enjoy, this is what could be said of them, that they then begin to take for granted everything that God has done for them, and they no longer appreciate it like they should have or like they once did. And so something comes along, and it's a trial, it's a test, it's a difficulty, and what does that trial do? It shakes them back into reality. Everything's going good, everything's going fine, everything's going great, and as a result, they become complacent in their relationships. They begin to assume that things will always be this way. They no longer appreciate their jobs, whatever it is, and then something comes along and it reminds them of what is truly important in life. It's a tough process to go through for them, but it's a process they need to go through. Okay. Well, this morning, if we're honest, we know this, that you and I are not exempt from the same pattern or the same routine of thought. Now, I know I'm still having a hard time convincing some of us that we're rich, but we are, okay? I'm just going to throw that in one more time. We are rich people. Brother Kyle, I'm not rich. If you knew how much I owed right now, you'd know I'm not rich. If you knew how little we were putting in savings every week, you'd know I'm not rich. The fact that we can put anything in savings is, is an indication of our wealth. Okay? Listen, we are rich. But, but just because we are rich and just because we are Christians does not mean that we are exempt from the same mental struggles and spiritual lethargy that other people have struggled with and, and succumbed to in the past. So what do you mean? I'm just going to be honest with you. Because of my wealth, because of my abundance of wealth. Brother Kyle, you really think you have an abundance of wealth? Yes. Because of my abundance of wealth, you know what I do? I get lazy in my attitude toward life. Whenever I get lazy in my attitude toward life, I no longer value the things that God has blessed me with. So I don't see what all God has provided for me. I'm easily distracted. I don't appreciate it. I don't value it. And I take it for granted. 
if I'm not careful, I take the worldly possessions that I've been given and entrusted with and I take it for granted. If I'm not careful, I, I take my marriage for granted. If I'm not careful, I take my time with the children for granted. If I'm not careful, I, I take this church for granted. I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm not exempt from the same struggles and failures of everyone else. And so because I'm rich, because I'm doing well, because I'm enjoying so much of this world, I, I, I get lazy and I get lethargic in my spiritual life, and, and, and I no longer appreciate and value the things that I should. And so you know what God has to do? He has to bring things into my life to remind me of certain things. Because otherwise, I forget certain lessons I need to be reminded of. Those difficulties and those trials and those hardships of life, you know what it has a tendency to do? It has a tendency to smack me back into reality and to be reminded, hey, it may not always be this way. It may not always be as good and as wonderful and as beautiful as it is right now. Listen, it's not always going to last. And just like the grass and just like the flower, listen, it's all going to fade and one day you're going to pass away. And I need to be reminded of the beauty and, and the value of the life that I've been given, but it's not without the difficulties of life that I can remember how blessed and fortunate I am. So I need something to come into my life to kind of smack me, to come into my life to kind of rattle me, to come into my life and kind of shake me that says, hey, buddy, don't take your marriage for granted anymore. You've got something wonderful there. You've got something valuable there. You've got something precious there. And you need to act like it. Don't take those kids for granted. Don't take that church for granted. Don't, don't take those relationships for granted. Listen, God has to do that. And many times whenever he does it, it is a painful, painful reminder. But it's something that I need to rejoice in. Because it gets everything back into focus. That it will not always be this way. That it's not always going to be beautiful and lovely and wonderful. And we need to be thankful for the difficulties that cause us to value and to appreciate what God has done for us. Now, again, kind of like other reminders, I don't always like the process, but I do appreciate what it produces in my life. And this morning, I've talked about them, I've talked about myself. I want you to think about you for just a moment. I want you to be reminded of this truth that God has to take you through certain situations and God has to take you through certain moments and certain trials to remind you to appreciate and to value everything that you've been given and to remind you you're going to pass 
and you need to have your focus on the right things and not on everything else that seems to distract you at times. Now, am I the only one who struggles with this or can some of us identify with this that, that it's easy sometimes to lose sight of the fact of everything we've been given, to, to lose sight of the fact of how rich we are and God has to bring these moments into our lives to just kind of get us to realize Man, I'm blessed and I need to take advantage of it because one day it won't be like this and I won't have these opportunities and one day I'm going to die and, and I will have missed out if I don't remember to take advantage of it today. And while that's true, again, I'll just speak of myself because it's safer that way, but I'll speak of myself. Here's what's happened to me on so many occasions. Something happens, my world is kind of shaken, my world is kind of rattled, and, and I'm reminded, value this, appreciate this, and, and remember how good all this is. Whatever the difficulty is, God has used that, and, and, and I don't like it at first. In fact, I grumble and complain and, and get bent out of shape that it happened, unlike most of you. But, but that's what I tend to do. I get bent out of shape that it's happened, and, and I'm frustrated, and I'm, I'm irritated. But then it's like the Lord reminds me, hey, listen, you need this to get your focus back on what really matters and to focus on what truly is important in life. And so I'm like, okay, I've got it. I'm good. I, I remember that. And then the, the riches that I enjoy, you know what it does? It begins to be my center of attention once more. Well, life is good here, and life is good here, and life is good here, and life is good here. And, and, and I find myself, actually I don't see it until it's already done, but, but, but what's happening is this, is I start slipping back into an underappreciation of what God has given to me and what God's done for me. I'd love to say the first time that God had to get my attention on this, I got it and I value everything the way that I ought and I keep things in the right perspective and my priorities have always been maintained in their right place since then. But, you know, that's just not true. I get past through that difficulty and I get past and, and I get through that, that hard time and, 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 and I make it to the other side of whatever the trial was. And, and, and though for a season I remember the brevity of life and the frailty of life and, and I remember to value the things that are truly valuable and, 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 and though I do it for a season, I start slipping. And I stop valuing the marriage like I should, the relationships like I should, the children that I should, the church, the, the, the different things that God has brought in my life. And so you know what God has to do? Remind me. Again. Remind me. Again. Remind me. Again. And again. And again. And again. He has to keep doing it. Because I keep losing sight of what really matters. And you do as well, more times than not, if we're honest. So when the reminders come, James is saying this to us, those who are rich. You need to rejoice in that. 
It's not anything to begrudge. That's not anything to bemoan. That's not anything to get upset about. You need to glory in that for this reason, because God is trying to get your attention and to get you to focus on what truly matters in this life. And I'll say again, I've already mentioned it, but I'll say again, it's tough to do that. We don't want anything disrupting our perfect little world and our perfect little life. We don't want anything coming in that would, that would cause us problems. No, we just want everything to stay good and to stay wonderful and to stay pleasant. But when that happens, we always lose sight of what matters most in life. And so this morning, I just want to remind us because we need the reminder. Don't resent the trials of life. He already said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now he is saying, let the brother of low degree and let the rich rejoice. And what? Well, of the poor, the low, the ones who are truly destitute, let them rejoice in the fact that they are exalted. Remind yourself of who you are in Christ and stop worrying about the things of this world. But for those of us who are rich, rejoice. Glory in this, that God is reminding you of what truly matters. And we obviously need the reminder or it would not be coming our way. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going on in your life. I just, I don't know. But I would just say this by way of encouragement to the best of my ability. When the tough times come, don't get angry. Rejoice in God's reminder that he is helping you once more not only grow and to mature and to be strengthened in your walk with God, but rejoice in this that he is showing you once more these things truly matter The things of this world don't matter, and we need to keep our focus on those things that matter in the eyes of God and in all of eternity. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this morning. Lord, I don't know how many right now are going through the reminder even as we speak. Lord, some have just come through that reminder and it's still fresh on their mind. They're still able to focus on what matters most right now and what truly is of value. But Lord, there may be some in here that if they'd have to be honest and admit, they'd just have to, to say that they're kind of in a, in a lethargic kind of spiritual mindset and they're not really valuing those things that, that ought to be valued. And so, Lord, I pray that whatever you've got us in right now, whatever you've brought us out of or whatever we're about to go into, I pray that we would be reminded today that we are supposed to rejoice because you are trying to remind us of what truly matters in life. And, Lord, we need this lesson over and over again. So thank you for your willingness to continue working with us. Thank you for what you strive to do in our lives. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.